All right. Somebody said Scott, the great Scott Rasmussen, uh, one of America's leading upholsters, www.scottrasmussen.com. Uh, Scott, what are, you, what, are you, what, are you, what are you calling your venture now? What is your company called? Well, my polling company is RMG Research, Inc. Right. Uh, I, but, I uh, but the data can all be found, as you said, at scottrasmussen.com. All right. So talk to me about some of your recent polls. Um, you, you've been polling on um, big government socialism. You've also been polling on January 6th. Uh, tell us what your findings have found. Well, when you talk about big government socialism, as you and I have talked many times, there's this narrative that's being put out that somehow this is an extraordinarily popular bill. And yet, uh, when we actually took a look at the provisions in the bill, very ugly, you know, payments to uh, tens of millions of illegal immigrants, not including the Hyde Amendment protections against federal funding for abortions, and on and on, uh, IRS snooping uh, being encouraged. You know, these things were very unpopular, and I think they're part of the reason the legislation uh, appears for the moment to be dead. And, and by the way, Senator Manchin, you said he's had a good year. Uh, after he said no to the big government socialism bill or the Build Back Better plan, his job approval rating jumped by seven points in West Virginia, hmm. and the number who strongly approve of him doubled. So, uh, you know, he was responding to his constituents, and uh, they're pleased with it. When you talk about January, go ahead. No, no. When you you talk about January 5th, once again, we see there's a narrative that's out of sync with where the American people are. Um, People don't like what happened. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I did some polling on January 3rd and 4th just a couple of days ago leading up to this this event. And what we found was that only 13% of Americans have a favorable opinion of those who broke into the Capitol. And uh, while many Democrats, in fact, a plurality of Democrats, believe that all Trump voters supported this or most Trump voters supported this, uh, it's simply not the case. Trump supporters, conservatives, Republicans, all tend to strongly disapprove of what happened a year ago on January 6th. But that's only part of the story. Uh, You know, 61% of people believe that Donald Trump was legitimately elected in 2016. That's basically the same number who believe that uh, Joe Biden was uh, legitimately elected in 2020. Uh, A majority of Democrats still believe that Hillary Clinton was the real winner in 2016. And obviously, a majority of Republicans have the opposite view now. What this tells me, very scary, only one out of four voters believes that the rightful winner was declared president in both 2016 and 2020. Mm. How do you break that cycle, Scott? That's, that is dangerous. It is scary. It's like we have these elections and then, you know, nobody believes them. And that's, that can't be a good thing. No, it can't be a good thing. And, And I should point out, it didn't just begin in 2016. Back in the 90s, When Bill Clinton was in office, about half of all voters said that elections were fair to voters. Uh, Basically, Democrats said they were fair. Republicans said they weren't. When George W. Bush got elected, Republicans thought the elections were fair and Democrats didn't. Uh, And then it flipped again when Barack Obama won. So I think what we're seeing is an intensifying of a distrust. Uh, One of the reasons for it is we have had nine consecutive 
close presidential elections. For the mm. last nine presidential elections, nobody's won more than 53% of the vote. You remember the last landslide very well. Ronald Reagan, your boss, was won 49 states. Um, and when you have a landslide, nobody thinks that, you know, going to Wisconsin would have made a difference or any mm. of the other tactical things. Uh, from 19, you know, from the 19 teens up until the 1970s, we had a landslide either every election or every other election. You know, there were somebody connected with the American people in a significant way. Uh, landslides are really good for our political system. They, pur- they purify it from some of the toxic uh, discussions we have now, and they, and they restore a certain legitimacy. And, uh, and by the way, again, going back to 1984, when Walter Mondale lost, rather than his people thinking, well, we should have won or they cheated or something, what they realized was his message about promising tax hikes was not going to work. And so they modified their behavior. We need someone who can connect with a broad range of the American people like Ronald Reagan did and like many others did before him. Uh, Scott Rasmussen, have you done any midterm election type polling? Absolutely. Uh, Republicans on the generic ballot polling and my numbers have a two point advantage, and that's among registered voters. Uh, If you talk, take a look at the intensity uh, Republicans are far more excited about voting in the midterms. And in fact, the most enthusiastic group about voting um, are Trump supporters, people who want policies like the, uh, like those of the former president. Um, and so right now, you know, I think the biggest threat to Republicans is that the election is not being held today. There's a long way to go until November. But if the election were held today, the Republicans would win a significant majority in the uh, House, and they would likely gain control of the U.S. Senate. You know, one thing occurs to me, if you go back to 1994, when Bill Clinton and the Democrats lost control of both houses, so he raised taxes in his first couple of years, he tried to have a national health care plan, so-called Hillary Care. Uh, voters rejected that conclusively. Yeah, Newt Gingrich, and you had the first uh, Republican majority in the House in 40-some-odd in years. Now, Bill Clinton changed his policies. Remember, he went up for Congress, mm-hmm. State of the Union, in early 95, and said the era of big government is over. The reason I raise it is... Um, I know we haven't had the elections yet, but Biden's polling has collapsed. The question I have is, does, does Biden have it in him to, to, to change, to reverse, to pull a Bill Clinton and say, OK, the voters have spoken and we are going to shift our policies from the you know far radical left uh, back towards the center, which is what I think people voted for in the first place uh, in 2020? Well, I agree with you. That's what people voted for in 2020. Um, You know, I don't know what Joe Biden can pull off, but I think your example of Bill Clinton, uh, you have to acknowledge Bill Clinton was one of the most gifted politicians of Mm. of my lifetime. Mm. Uh, There weren't many people that could have pulled that off. Secondly, I think President Biden has a very difficult situation with the progressive left. They're already talking about primarying him. Um, you know, in 2024, if he chooses to run, 
Uh, we see a dynamic where Chuck Schumer seems to be more afraid of AOC than about moving to the center to win over other voters. Uh, so I think it will be very difficult for this president to turn things around. You know, right now his job approval ratings are in the 41, 42 percent range. Uh, if the world gets a lot better, you know, if the economy gets better and if the, there's no inflation and, and all of those good things, his numbers will rebound somewhat. But I don't think we'll ever see a return to the, the early honeymoon numbers that Joe Biden enjoyed. And uh, that will be especially true if Republicans get the Senate. Yeah, no, I suspect you're right. I mean, you you look back at that Clinton period, Clinton and Gore. I mean, people forget in those days, Al Gore was a conservative Democrat. That's uh, right. You know, it was a hawk on foreign policy and um, just, you know, those guys had welfare reform. Uh, you're right. The Democratic Party is just so far out there. What's your uh, up-to-date polling now? You know, we've we've saved America and killed the bill for now. There'll be additional votes coming up, so we have to keep our guard up, obviously. Um, is inflation the single most unpopular issue right now? Inflation is the single most important issue right now uh, because it's something that people experience every day. And, you know, again, they, people don't think about inflation the way you and Larry Summers and other economists will argue about it. Uh, when people hear about inflation or what, when they experience it, it's because they go to the gas, they go to fill their gas tank and they mm. put 20 bucks more into the gas tank. Half of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. So then they have 20 bucks less to spend on groceries and the price of groceries are going up. Mm. That's a very real world issue. And, um, one of the things that, that people do understand is that more government spending leads to more inflation. Uh, two-thirds of West Virginia voters made that connection long before you talked about uh, killing the bill. Mm. And so, uh, you know, these are people have good common sense. Uh, but that is the issue that is the single most harmful to the president right now and the Democrats. And there's something else about it uh, in terms of the way people respond. Um, if the price of gas at the pump went up a dollar tomorrow, uh, consumer confidence would sink right away. And mm. People would go in there. They'd be in, in sticker shock. If the very next day the price fell back to where it is right now, it would take six months before confidence would recover. Mm. Uh, there's a sort of a sense of people, when they've had a bad shock like that, even when the good news comes, they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Hmm. So for the Biden administration, if inflation continues beyond the first quarter, they have no time to uh, to to solve that issue politically before the midterms. Where, where does COVID figure in your polling? COVID, you know, it's really fascinating. The, watching how confident people are is like a roller coaster. I began polling on a regular basis. Is the worst behind us or still to come? I did that in the very first weeks of the pandemic. Um, and right now, more people are still believe the worst is to come. 30% mm. say the worst is behind us. 39% say the worst is to come. Uh, the number who are optimistic is half of the total from last May. But something has changed. And what has changed is among those who say they're uh, worried the worst is still to come, half of them are worried about unnecessary government regulations and lockdowns, and mm -hmm. only half are concerned about getting COVID. 
Uh, three out of four people today say they're close to resuming their normal life. Uh, and a solid plurality believe President Biden and other leaders should spend some time trying to encourage the vaccinated but fearful to reengage in social activities uh, to, you know, to resume a somewhat normal life. So the Biden administration appears to be stuck because many Democrats still think we need to be focused more on stopping COVID at all costs. And the rest of the nation appears to be moving on and saying we we have to learn to live with this. You know, on that uh, related to that point, Scott, is um, these uh, teachers unions going on strike. Now, Chicago is the biggest example, but there's a lot of cities across the country where this is either happening or threatening to happen. Um, I think people they at this point, people don't don't want schools to close or, or what do your numbers show? Well, I think the issue here is probably the second biggest threat to the Biden administration uh, beyond inflation. Uh, The numbers show that a majority of people think that kids losing educational opportunities is a greater threat than the possibility of getting COVID. Uh, Again, there's a partisan difference. Republicans and independents strongly hold that view. Democrats are more divided and lean towards saying, no, getting COVID is still the biggest threat. And again, that puts the president in a bind. His base is moving one way, and mm. the rest of the nation is moving somewhere else. Mm. Tough stuff. All right, Ace Pulser, Scott Rasmussen. We'll check in from time to time, Scott. Great stuff. Thanks for all your help on Kill the Bill. We appreciate it. My suspicion is that one's not done yet. <laughs> More to be revealed. We'll try to find a way to slip it into some kind of legislation. I know. I know. Take care. Appreciate it very much. Folks, I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about global warming. The cost of climate change is enormous. And uh, Bjorn Lomborg thinks the public doesn't want to pay that cost. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back.